This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Well, Heidi, yeah, that was quite an experience going to the Association of Death Educators, wasn't it? It was. I always enjoy ADAC. That's uh, the little acronym for it because we see so many friends and so many people that are working in the field of grief and loss and kind of it's kind of like a reunion. And I also come away with a lot of good ideas about how to help people find hope again after loss. Right. I was interesting that people were talking a little bit about celebrity death. You know, our society makes a... You know, we're so interested in celebrity death when we hear Michael Jackson or Whitney Houston or us or Elvis or people who have died suddenly. It just uh, kind of uh, galvanizes the whole the whole world, or at least in the United States, into talking about it. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there's several reasons. I mean, one is that we are so hooked into media right now. I mean, you, you really are hooked in 24-7 with your iPhone, etc. So we're always getting tweets about stars, and we're watching them on television, and we're reading about them in the magazines, and they're coming into our homes weekly on the television sets and in the movies, and I think that we feel like we know these people. We know so much about them that we really develop personal relationships with them and become very connected. And when they die, we feel like somebody that we know and love has died. Right, and there are also uh, uh, personal relationships that are easy for us because they don't argue with us. Well, well that's, that's true. And, and the other piece is we have a lot of memories of the people that we've loved in our lives and these movie stars. I'm thinking of Michael Jackson. Scott, my brother, used to always sing The Doggone Girl Is Mine, <laughs> you know, about his girlfriends, etc. And we used to sing a lot of Michael Jackson songs together. And, Michael, you know, and, and when Scott died, every time I heard a Michael Jackson song, I thought of Scott. And so in certain ways, I was, I was very connected to Michael Jackson, even though I didn't know him. Yeah. Well, it's tough for these families, too, who have celebrity deaths. I know you were on 2020. Uh, who was it you were talking about? And years later, she wanted to show pictures of her kids. Mm-hmm. I was talking about Eric Clapton. Um, Eric Clapton lost his four-year-old son when he fell out of a uh, window in New York City of, in, a, in a tower. And this, the child obviously died because it was like 20 flights down. And uh, so, they, yes, we were talking about how he healed through his song, Tears in Heaven, and how he went on to find hope again after his son's death. And, you know, it's interesting because the station called me, um, 2020 called and said, do you think it's weird that his uh, widow, uh, his ex-wife, I'm sorry, the bereaved mom, do you think it's weird that she wants to show family photos now? And I said, no, I don't think it's weird at all. I think now she can finally grieve herself for her personal loss. It's very hard for these celebrity families, very, very difficult with all the media. They have to protect themselves. I mean, it is a really a difficult situation. Well, you can't, you can't win. You're under a microscope, and if you if you grieve a lot, then and the media sees you. They think you're grieving too much, and if you don't grieve at all, they think you're not grieving at all. And you know it's hard to find that that balance. And everybody has an opinion about how we should grieve, when we should grieve, and what it should look like. Of course, on the positive aspect of it, I think that the loss of celebrities brings people together so that they can talk about loss. It's such kind of a secret subject for us, and people don't want to talk about it. And everybody can think about, let's see, what would I do if it were my family? Uh, you know, and it kind of uh, makes, it, it gives a segue and an opportunity to think about the losses in our life and how we deal with them. I agree with you, Mom. And it gives people ideas on how to pay tribute and memorialize those that we have loved and lost 
forever. Absolutely. Well, Heidi, we've got a great guest today, and I, I like uh, what she's done because she talks about gratitude and grief and, and what we can do with our grief. And why don't you introduce her? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, Kelly Buckley is an author, speaker, and brief parent. In response to the loss of her 23-year-old son, Stephen, in 2009, Kelly published the book Gratitude and Grief, a book about finding the goodness that remains in life. Today, she is working on the book, Just One Little Thing. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thanks so much for having me. Hi, Kelly. It's uh, great to have you on today. And uh, I, I really like this idea of gratitude and grief. And I wondered how you made the connection for you uh, between gratitude and resilience. And how did you get uh, inspired to write this book? Um, you know, my inspiration, uh, it, it's hard to articulate how I, I came up with, you know, the, the thought for finding gratitude and grief. It actually, I started writing about what I was grateful for um, the morning at the lake when I was waiting for the, the divers to find Stephen. And um, I think it was a way, I, I often describe it, I, I relate my gratitude a lot with my faith and I, I often describe it as God shot a, a, a flare into the night sky of my life, and I could see what mattered. And and I began to, to write to to capture those thoughts before that, that flare dissipated into the darkness. And uh, I started, it was the simple things. It was a way of survival. So I was thankful for the divers on that day. And uh, Tell us a little bit about what happened. Where was Stephen, and where were you, and, and what happened? Uh, it was the 4th of July, and uh, Stephen ha- was at Jordan Lake in North Carolina. To, he went to go swimming and have some fun with his friends from college. And we were actually uh, visiting my husband's parents in Kentucky, and so we just thought he was having a great time. He was just, just about ready to enter into his senior year at uh, North Carolina State University. And... Unbeknownst to us, he had taken a hard hit to the chest at hockey. He was a goalie and um, uh, apparently was coughing up some blood and, and things like that. Went swimming um, at the lake, and I, from what we can gather, he threw a blood clot and subsequently wow. drowned. So it was just a, a very um, freakish kind of accident. And so you're, you're sitting there on the dock. I, isn't that an incredible analogy, Heidi, about a flare going up? And you can see what matters. Mm, absolutely, and and just the idea that here this kid is in the prime of his life, and very very healthy. And I was thinking, how does a twenty three year old drown? And now it makes sense. I mean, just going out and how odd to throw a clot, a blood clot. Such a yeah, weird thing. We we kind of put the puzzle pieces together after the fact when we talked to his friends mm-hmm. and and kind of learned a little bit about how he was feeling earlier in the day because he was. He was an extreme athlete, so it didn't make sense to us either. Um, one other thing I think about for me for grieving with gratitude was he was just such a great, great kid. Um, mm-hmm. I think it just would have been a disservice to him to grieve in any other way. Mm-hmm. Now, I noticed that you worked in healthcare. What did you do? Um, I, I was actually a registered nurse, um, and I worked mm-hmm. uh, in a variety of different settings. I worked in the emergency room, which certainly gave me a lot of experience with death and dying, um, but I, and I also worked in, um, I was a chemotherapy nurse for a number of years mm-hmm. and uh, worked with a lot of cancer patients. Mm-hmm. I, I felt as I've looked at your book and wonderful book and um, and read about you that you must have had some past experience. Uh, you seem to hold it together a little bit better than uh, someone who'd never 
worked in the area of death and dying or grief and loss. I know it is. I mean, I worked in that area myself. So um, I was the psychiatric nursing consultant to the surgical service at the University of Rochester when Scott was killed. And I knew the, I want to say, I used to say I know, knew the drill, but I had to go through it. Yeah, it, and it really is a completely different journey when it's your journey. Um, I think that I had a great toolbox with me, <laughs> but I had to figure out how I was going to open it on my own and which tool I was going to use at which time. Um, it, it, you know, I, I'm very grateful for the tools that I brought with me at the time, but I, I, nothing prepares you. No, were you, were you surprised? I was totally surprised that, about how strongly the feelings were. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it, I felt shattered, I guess is the best word to describe it. I felt like I was, I completely crumbled to the ground and I, I then, you know, with with gratitude and with my writing, um, tried to put myself back together, not in the same way that I was before, but in in a new and and I like to think a better way. I like to think that I'm a better person because of this experience. I'm a, I'm a more compassionate human being. Well, Heidi, that's what you talk about is uh, post traumatic growth, right? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, so many things happen to us after we love someone and they die, and um, like Kelly's saying, I mean, we become. The research shows that we become more empathic. We we actually appreciate our relationships at a deeper level, and we don't take them for granted. And we appreciate our own lives because, you know, we all know that we don't know. None of us know how long we have on this earth. And so we kind of embrace every day with gratitude more and try to say, you know what, we're so lucky, lucky to be here. Initially, it's very, very hard, as you all know. I mean, initially at the beginning, you just think, well, maybe I don't even want to be here. Not only... Is the pain so much that I don't know how I'm going to survive? I'm not sure I want to. And so you kind of have to work through that to come out on the other side and start to appreciate things in life. And one thing you say, Kelly, which I really like, is for those of you that are in a really dark place right now and don't know how you're going to survive, every day just try to find one tiny little thing to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we... um you know, just we want some sweeping change. We live in such an instant message world where everything is supposed mm-hmm. to come to us at our fingertips when we wish for it. And so we look for some sweeping change that's going to make everything better. But but in times of deep, deep sadness and, and loss, sometimes you can only find one little thing at a time. And And early, and that's what I wrote about, is that it wasn't those big sweeping changes that changed my life or made me okay. Some days it was a letter from a friend. Some days it was a really great hug from my, my younger son or a really great chat that we had as we worked through our pain. Some days I was thankful for my tears. And so it was that one little thing. It wasn't a big sweeping change. And I think that that was a light bulb moment for myself as I worked through it. Mm. Well, tell us about your new book, Just One Little Thing. Um, well, it's a continuation of that conversation um, about finding happiness moment by moment, and it's the little things. It's it's not the big things. Um, I felt I was I put gratitude and grief out, and it was I, it was interesting to write that book. It felt like I had to get it out there, and once I did, I didn't really market the book or talk about it to too many people because I was still really grieving the loss of Stephen. Um, I, I enjoyed giving the book to people that I would meet on my journey. And my younger son said, Mom, um, if people write to you, I need you to promise me that you're going to write back to them because they're hurting like us. And so I made that promise to him, and I kept it. And over the 
the past couple of years, I've written over 10,000 emails to people. Oh, my goodness. And I have met the most fantastic human beings from every corner of this earth um, who are finding their one little thing. And because they read, you know, maybe not my book, but maybe they read my blog or some little thing that I put out there. And uh, and so it just, I, I figured out I need to keep talking about this. Um, I need to I need to keep talking about my gratitude. So just one little thing is a book. It's the continuation of my journey. Uh, gratitude and grief is is the first two months, and my emotions are still um, very much like an open wound. And just one little thing uh, captures the whole year, and um, and you, it's a it's a hopeful book. Um, I think that by the end of just one little thing, I had figured out. Uh, that I could still have a happy life um, and and remember Stephen in a good way with gratitude. Mm. Heidi, uh, talk about the gratitude research. I know we mention that every so often. Yeah, so they, they've just found in the research that the number one thing that will change your energy out of anything that you can do, and Kelly, you already know this, is gratitude. Is having gratitude. I mean, it can be for it can be for anything. I love how you had gratitude for your tears because some might think, well, why would you be grateful for that? I mean, you know, it's such a great thing to be grateful that we can cry. I'm grateful that I had Scott in my life for 17 and a half years. Mm. So, I mean, there's so many, it's, that, yes, that has been the one thing that they've shown has changed people and started to lead the path of hope. And expressing it for eight minutes a day can actually change your brain waves. I was telling my husband that and he's like, eight minutes is a long time to express gratitude a day, Gloria. I don't think you realize well, I, that. I was thinking that too. I'm thinking that too, Mom. I'm thinking, you know, I give my clients often an, an assignment of going outside and finding five things in the next yeah. 10 minutes they can be grateful for. It could even be, I like the architecture in New York City on that building. It could be something like that. Even if you don't buy into it, you don't have to believe this for all the listeners out there for it to happen. You can just do it and you'll, you'll see it happening. You'll feel it happening. And I think it's just like any other habit um, that you make. If you make, a, if you make a commitment to exercise every day, you, you need to work at it for a while to make it a habit. Mm-hmm. And the same, the same went as I was looking for gratitude. I had to work at it at first. But what I found, what I found over as the, each month passed was that it was becoming part of my thinking. So I found that instead I was looking for the silver lining of my life each day. After I made it into a habit, I made it into how I, how I lived and breathed every single day. Um, but it does, mm-hmm. it does take a commitment. Yeah, it does. And a decision. You have to make a choice that this is, this is how I'm going to live. Mm-hmm. And it's not, um, disrespectful to the person you loved to start to find positive things? Because Heidi and I always talk about, you know, the first time you laugh, the, you know, sh- is it okay? Do I feel guilty that I feel grateful? You know, um, you know, you, ha- you, I like that, Kelly, that you say that it has to be a decision, don't you, Heidi? Absolutely. And I like how Kelly said, you know what? Maybe it's being respectful to Stephen and Scott that we're in a, that we are finding gratitude and things to be positive about because that's the way that they would have wanted us to live and that's how they live their own life. So as a tribute to them, we're kind of carrying on that that torch of, of being positive. I always say to people out there though, you know, even though our, our minds know that we should be positive because that's what our loved ones would have wanted that have died, sometimes our hearts take a while to catch up with our minds. Mm. One of the things that, that I've uh, written about a little bit in Just One Little Thing is 
um, for me, gratitude, it didn't change the pain of loss. And, and there are times when I look at Stephen's picture, and he's my child, and I will miss him until the day that I die. Um, but it did change the suffering of my loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it changed my perspective on suffering. But it doesn't, I mean, there's no magic fix for grief. Uh, you lose someone, you have, you have to grieve, and you have to go through, you have to go through that process. Um, but there, I, for me personally, there's so many individual ways to grieve, but for me personally, using gratitude as a, as a tool did alleviate some of that suffering that I was, that I did definitely feel in the, especially in the early days. All right, Kelly, tell us, I love what you've been saying. I think it's going to be so helpful to so many. Tell us, you write for us so you can find her at Open to Hope, and she's written some wonderful articles for us. And also, she's got a blog and a website. Tell us about that and how people can... And, and, and Mom, I, I just want to say one thing. If you all want to smile right now, go to Kelly's website. I guarantee you, you will smile. She's got picked the cutest pictures, and I it just totally changed my energy to look at that groundhog. <laughs> it's, it's a really positive website, okay? So go go there just for a minute if you want to kind of... Oh, Make your thank day. you so much. I am a little quirky. <laughs> we love <laughs> I it. I loved it. I loved it. Now, okay, so give us your website. Uh, my website is kellybuckley.com. And uh, in addition to that, I also start, I have a Facebook group called Just One Little Thing. And it's not, the, the book, the group on Facebook is not so much about um, the book. I actually started it to just spread gratitude. I, I go on there each morning and I say, um, French vanilla yogurt, blueberries, and cashew cereal. That's my one little thing for the morning. What about you? <laughs> and what's remarkable is I have people from all over the world who tell me what they're grateful for. Yeah, so um, that's. I just mostly started that because I want to continue that ripple. I see, I see that as Stephen's ripple, and that makes me very happy. It makes me smile a big smile. Um, but my website is kellybuckley.com, and that talks all about you know my writing and and what I do. And uh, is your uh, gratitude and grief on Amazon, or do we just get it off your website? Uh, gratitude and grief, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, um, and uh, just one little thing will be available um, on those websites as well. Well, Kelly, let me say how grateful I am to you. My gratitude today is to you for the work you've done and for the help you've given others in the name of your son and and all the good. And also, I'm grateful that you're writing for Open to Hope and that we're connected with you. Oh, well, thank you. I, I just have to say before we end the interview that you have been such a light in my life from the moment that, that Stephen died. I found you, and um, it's been a source of inspiration and hope for me uh, over many dark dark days. And I, I'm grateful for you. You have been my one little thing many a day. Ah, Thank you so much. Thanks, Kelly. Well, Heidi, uh, wow, that's what we live for, isn't it, to know that we're helping people out there? I mean, and I we hope that you'll tell everybody about Open to Hope because, and our authors like Kelly, I mean, without Kelly writing for us and all the people that are connected and our staff and Paul here, who's um, our engineer for the radio show and Open to um, the studio that we record at, Outpost Studio here in San Francisco, uh, we're just so grateful for everybody, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. If we didn't have this community, we, could, we couldn't do it on our own. I mean, we, we've needed to have the whole community, our contributors, all of our visitors, all of you, to help spread the message that we've all been there and made it. And we need to keep spreading the message for everybody that 
you're going to make it and lean on our hope till you find your own if you if you're not there yet and thanks for listening and please visit us on facebook and on open to hope and we're also on voice america and you can download on uh, podcasts stay tuned again next week you've been listening to open to hope radio hosted by doctors gloria and heidi horsley like today's edition all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.